you you will continue to be Steven? Uh, well, I figure if we're going to do it in one episode, we got to stick together. Uh, so Steven, Steven, Brent, Brent, if we do it, people are just going to get confused. Our voices are too similar already. People are going to be like, I don't even know if this is two guys. Well, if the X-Men film franchise has taught us anything, <laughs> continuity doesn't really matter. Uh, we can do whatever. Okay, that's cool. But, okay. Cool. You know, whatever. I guess, Which is good you know. because I was born in 1973 and in 1985. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> All awesome. right. So we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Uh, today we are going to talk about our favorites in media, podcasts, films, TV shows, musical artists, and comics. But first, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LTASpod. And we actually have some shout outs to do from new Twitter followers that we got over the past awesome. week or so. So uh, let me run through those real quick. Uh, the first one on the list is DC Hopkins, also known as David Hopkins. Um, he's a, a friend of mine. Uh, he's on a podcast I'm going to be talking about a little bit later. So cool. uh, David, thank you for following us. Also, Emery Peck, thank you for following us as well. Um, we've got a shout out to Jesse Cummins, uh, Hector Roman, and also Daniel Sanchez. Daniel is a good friend of mine who lives in California. I met him through um, the same podcast we'll be talking about here in a minute. Nice. Um, but he's an incredible artist, so if you want to check out his work, check him out at Sanchez Goes West on Twitter and Instagram. He has some specials that he runs on his art if he's going to sell anything. So uh, definitely check that out and uh, buy some stuff from Daniel. He certainly deserves it. That's pretty cool. And also, um, we had a bunch of new countries, which we were pretty excited about because last time we talked <laughs> yes. all about Germany, but we have like... We had India for like a podcast, uh, Brazil, mm -hmm. there were a few, Greece. Greece, yeah, there were a few on there, yes. which is really cool. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks to all of our international listeners. Um, just because you're international doesn't mean you don't have to follow us on Twitter, so please do that. <laughs> uh, treat us like humans on Twitter, and uh, and uh, definitely let us know if you've got any uh, questions or comments. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, Stephen, what are you drinking? So today I am drinking a vanilla porter. From Breckenridge Brewery in uh, Breckenridge, Colorado. I actually found this beer when I went to Denver, and they had a brewery at the time in Denver, which I think has since closed down, unfortunately. But I liked a lot of their beers, and this one was pretty good. Um, I have a nitro version of this as well in the fridge, but today I'm just drinking the straight bottle. So I'm going to go ahead and crack that open. It's been a while. It's been like uh, two years since I had this beer, but I liked it a lot. So let's see. It's been a while. <laughs> Yep, still tasty. Is it? And been a while to lead me into that. You know, that's just really what I needed. <laughs> you gotta set the mood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, what are you drinking today? Well, I'm glad you asked, Stephen. I've uh, this is one I've been uh, wanting to have on the show for a while. This beer as a guest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the that uh, when we recorded with our wives, I had a giant beer. Mm -hmm. Um, this one is a tiny beer. It's called <laughs> Little Kings. <laughs> it's like it's the a, pickle of beers. It looks, it's a yeah. green little bottle. Yeah, it's green, little, and um, uh, it's, I guess, made by Schoenling. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I know for a fact I'm not pronouncing that right, but uh, <laughs> I looked it up earlier and they're out of Ohio. So, um, yeah, it's called uh, Little Kings Original Cream Ale. And um, I had one of these a couple of weeks ago for the first time out of a pick six mm. and uh, I liked it so much that I decided to buy a whole oh, that's awesome. uh, pack of it and it actually comes in eight pack bottles 
uh, because they're all so tiny. It's like a suppository, really. <laughs> that if, thing is If you're so into little. butt chugging, yeah, if you're into butt chugging, just pop this right in your, in your tush. If you're not, regular chugging, go for it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel more comfortable with butt chugging. Mm. That is tasty, so though. So you just found this kind of at the pick six. You, is that all? Like, you just kind of thought it looked kind of cool? and Yeah, yeah. I figured um, the uh, the original cream ale. I like ale. Yeah. I like cream. There you, you go. Know? Put them together. Yeah. And it, uh, and it is original. So. Well, there. I mean, that's pretty awesome. It looks. Uh, it reminds me of a beer that would actually be from like the UK or something, um, like Ohio. <laughs> I know, yeah. That sounds kind of uh, unexpected. I've never heard of the Ohio as part of the UK, but uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff I don't. United know. Kingdom. I'm not sure really what the all they have. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have a, a little crest on it, so yeah, it doesn't yeah, look like, very uh, UK. For some reason, but. it just looks really British to me. Or like just kind of like yeah. oh oh hello have a have a have a little pop in this top. That's you, I'm sorry world for that impression. <laughs> you can have a an expanding monocle that turns into a shot glass. Pour it in there. Wow, that's an amazing idea. You're welcome. Yep. So uh, our main topic today will be our favorites, uh, but we did also want to go back and talk about Crybaby because of the last episode. Oh dear lord. Uh, that we both watched that, and uh, first off, Brent, I just have to apologize to you and the world as a whole. Thank you. We accept your apology. Um, um, yeah, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> it was not. So the the thing is, it wasn't as good as I remembered it, and I remembered it being really bad, but in a good way. You know, like that it's like fun and it's so absurd. But it was slow, and the songs weren't quite as catchy as I remember them being. Um, I was. Mm-hmm. I I want to know about your horrible first time watching this. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I was shocked and appalled by Hatchet oh, Face, my God. who shows up early in the movie, appropriately named. <laughs> Uh, for sure. Um, Brandy told me, like, after I saw her and I winced back, I thought it was just kind of a one-time thing, or I, I had assumed it was just yeah. a one-time thing, but she said, oh, no, she's all throughout the movie, and that she's a main is character. a fact. Oh, my God. I was eating a hamburger, and uh, I was I was so hungry, but I, I could not... I was having issues, yeah. like, trying to Actually eat trying while to eat also watch. seeing yeah. her show up on film. Yeah, it, it was it was not uh, not good. But on the music side of it, um, the music was actually the least offensive part yeah. of the movie to me. Um, the 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 two songs in the in the jailhouse at the end, mm. um, I thought were were okay. Yeah, not something I'd regularly listen to, but in a movie, like a musical, is, yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All all things taking into consideration, um, <laughs> those two songs were were all right. Yeah, um, I, I was watching that, and I remember, like, there were a few songs in the beginning that I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling these, but I remember, like, later on, like, in the jailhouse, they sing, like, this song, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's just, like, for Crybaby, and, and it's, like, while he's in jail and everything, but um, I remember being like, this song's, like, gonna be really good, and I got there, and I was like, yeah, it was okay, but I remember it being, like, really good, but the next <laughs> song is really good, and then I got to, like, the ending song, and I was like, yeah, this isn't as good as I remember it either, so, kind of all around, it was just... Nostalgia was better than the actual reviewing of that movie, unfortunately for me. Yeah, that seems to be the way it goes yeah. half the time. Um, yeah, I asked Brandy earlier today what she thought of it, and she said, "Well, I, I like listening to some of those songs that I grew up with, yeah. but um, wasn't she didn't seem like she was super into the like overall story." Itself, okay, so she so. also kind of a little bit going back was it was it wasn't as quite as good as she remembered or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right, Amanda yeah. fell asleep. Yeah. I, I ended up watching over two days because I fell asleep and just couldn't finish it. And then uh, she, she cocked out pretty early, but uh, I watched the rest of it that, that next morning, I think, and just kind of getting through it. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's that's all right. Uh, I'm 
sometimes I remember things really well and I'll rewatch them and they're awesome. And sometimes I rewatch them and they're awful. And then it's like a hard, like 50, <laughs> 50 shot. You know, every time you're watching something like I watched the Rocketeer a few years ago, I used to oh, love yeah. the Rocketeer and I rewatched it and it's phenomenal. Um, oh, good. I loved it all over again. It's the same Joe Johnston. Uh, I think it's his name that directed um, mm-hmm. the first Captain, Captain America. America. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I love Captain America so much is it reminds me of the Rocketeer. But then you have yeah. movies like this that I was just like, damn it, I really should have left that in the past. Well, Joe Johnston also directed Jurassic Park 3. Ooh, so uh, it's going to go either didn't way. I remember that. You know? See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. I kind of stick, until Jurassic World, I, I stick to just the original Jurassic Park. Uh, I haven't watched yeah. 2 and 3 in so long. I don't remember them being that great, but. I do want to go back and rewatch 2. Uh, 2, I remember like some. Oh, I remember some mm-hmm. of the story. I kind of forget both of the stories for both. I had them mixed up, 2 and 3. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe that one, but um, yeah, that first one is killer. And Jurassic World, I thought was a good return, but which we yes. talked about. Yeah. But all right, so uh, let's talk about some of our favorites in different media. So we're going to start off with some sure. podcasts uh, that we listen to. Um, we kind of want to talk about these because I know definitely for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and it kind of helped me uh, want to start this one and uh, kind of put this out in the world. And I figured it's easy enough. Why not try? So, uh, what's your uh, first favorite podcast? So for my number one, I'm going to go with a little podcast called Hideous Energy, who the aforementioned DC David Hopkins uh, is a co-host of. Um, He co-hosts that with Austin Wilson, and it's a comic book podcast primarily, though they occasionally discuss other things. Um, Regardless of what they're talking about, it's usually hilarious. Um, Sometimes it's really, um, really thoughtful and... uh, and uh, deep, but then they usually just talk about balls afterward, uh, which which that's uh, the balance of life makes me laugh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you talk about death and then balls, and then balls. right and afterward. That, that's yeah. the levity you need. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one of the things I like about the show is that it's just two best friends talking. Yep. About stuff. Hmm. Oh shit! <laughs> the first one out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of um, copying, but not really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I'm sure they don't even actually listen yeah, to this, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the some little trivia is um, the first comics I ever made were with them. It was a yeah. web comic called Super Cute. Oh, I love Super um, Cute. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, I drew it, and then Austin wrote it. Uh, I think he wrote it with David, and then David lettered it. Oh, cool. And um, so that was kind of our, our start for all of us for like getting into comics, and they're they're much further along than I am. <laughs> um, Austin is a is now a published. Uh, writer, um, he's written some um, some comics, um, kind of here and there, small press. But he actually had something through Magnetic Press um, uh, last year, I believe. It's called Reproduct. Cool. Uh, it's, it's about um, robots and kind of how they relate to humans and everything. Uh, but David actually lettered that comic for him, nice. and uh, they worked on it together with uh, Logan Ferber, uh, who did the art. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's cool to spend so much time with with them other podcasts it's been going for i don't know over five years oh, wow. i think that's awesome between five and seven and just kind of listening to them and how they started out just fans of comics and now they work in that industry yeah, that's cool. um here and there so um definitely check them out they have a patreon account so you know if you're feeling froggy go ahead and throw some money <laughs> at them and and i get some bonus podcasts out of it. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my first favorite is uh, Crooked Media as a whole. So the, the two I'm going to talk about that they do are Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It. And uh, Brent and I both found these people independently, but uh, they are former Obama speechwriters and um, press people, 
so they're definitely liberal to a, a very liberal podcast but uh, they basically just break mm-hmm. it down like what's going on today in politics what they knew to be normal um, things that go behind the scenes and they get a lot of great interviews on there um, that's for like pod save america love it or leave it is kind of like more of a talk show it's like live and it's fun and interactive and um, hosted mm-hmm. by john lovett um who's one of the three or one of the four guys i guess that hosts pod save america and uh they're it's just really hilarious so i like both of those i like i've been really into politics the last few years but this really makes it light but also gives you all the info you need so definitely like them yeah. a lot yeah and they are a progressive leaning podcast but they do still go after some of the oh yeah the liberals as well if if they're falling down on yeah, the job definitely so like with the, not, the dccc and and all these different groups uh like leading democrats and like where they should go and everything they're definitely really critical of that kind of stuff which is great to hear as well yes. yeah 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 so it's, it's more fair and balanced than the network that says they're fair and yeah balanced. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, both of those shows are great. Um, my next show is Comedy Bang Bang, and uh, my friend Ross told me about that show, and uh, it's just a uh, it's a long running improv comedy podcast, and it's typically one actual guest with comedians playing a character or characters for the rest of the show, and uh, just the the kind of story that comes from all of that is just hilarious yeah. most of the time. Um, uh, Scott Ackerman is the host, and he's really good about kind of directing where the conversation goes and everything. Sometimes they play games and whatnot. Um, but they have a lot of super funny guests. Uh, reoccurring guests on that show are Paul F. Tompkins, Jason Mantzoukas, uh, Lauren Lapkus, John Gabris, Nick Kroll, and my personal favorite, Brendan Small. Um, but it, it seems like no matter who is on there, there's always yeah. some some like really deep belly laugh that comes from it. So that's always good. Um and uh, the TV show that kind of spun out from the podcast ran for 110 episodes on IFC, oh, that's awesome. which is insane. Uh, but uh, it was eventually canceled, but the podcast is still going. Yeah, that's cool. So um, each episode is a good uh, starting point. Was the uh, the show and the podcast were they separate, or was that like an episode on the podcast? Like, would they record the audio from that? No, they were they were separate. Okay, that's altogether. cool. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. sometimes the the guests who would play the characters they would. They would appear on both versions, uh-huh. but sometimes the continuity between them were different. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Does that makes sense. I don't know. It's kind of funny how it worked. Yeah, um, I never really got into the show, unfortunately, but I might check it out sometime. But the uh, the podcast, I think I've listened to like one, and it was really good. But I, I need to get back into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It was just really funny to listen to, kind of the background and stuff at work or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes some it takes a little bit of getting used to with like improv and all of these mm-hmm. crazy characters that are on there. But uh, once you get used to it, is I love it. Yeah. Look forward to it every Monday. Yeah, right on. That's awesome. Um, so that that is an Earwolf podcast, correct? It is. Uh, because my next podcast is also an Earwolf podcast. What? What? Which is a podcast that you told me about called How Did This Get Made? Um, this is a movie podcast hosted by Paul Shear, uh, Jason Manzukis, and Diane Raphael. And they always have a guest. Um, it's usually a new guest every single episode. They only have like a few that come back, but... Uh, they basically do the movies that are so bad they're good or still that are just so bad. Uh, basically, how did this get made? And it's it's super funny. I was so glad whenever you uh, introduced me to it. Uh, Amanda and I just started watching the movies that they were going to review, and then we would listen to them afterwards, and they just rip them apart. Um, the first one we did was the, the first episode, which was for Burlesque, uh, where they had Nick Kroll on. <laughs> Yeah. And I still have this great memory of watching that movie and listening to the podcast and just cracking up together. It was so much fun. <laughs> but uh, it's so good. But um, I like their banter a lot, and they're, they're always really good about um, 
not really like being mean spirited. That's why I like them. They right. um, they really just have a good time with it, and uh, that's also a really good podcast for road trips. I mean, and I mostly do that because they're only like an hour a piece, uh, maybe a little bit over, and they kind of knock down the time a little bit. But we have some favorites that we listen to, and then some new ones that are kind of fun. So uh, yeah, one of my favorites definitely to listen to um, at work and stuff like that as well. Hell yeah, yeah, definitely check out the the Teen Witch episode. Oh god, I like that one quite a bit. <laughs> There's <laughs> so much so to it. Yeah. Um, my next uh, podcast is Kevin and Bean, which is a radio show based out of um, K Rock or um, uh, K R O Q out of Los Angeles, California. Um, it's yeah, like I said, just a morning show hosted by Kevin and Bean, uh, obviously, and mm-hmm. then um, they have uh, Ali McKay and Ralph Garman on there as well. Um, it's a morning show, but it's more comedically focused, and um, the guests they have on are typically much more popular than the average zookeeper that might come by your <laughs> local uh, radio show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got people from all types of uh, pop cultures. So you've got uh, movie stars, and you've got musicians, and oftentimes they will premiere new music on, on that show. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, one of the highlights for me is Ralph Garman. Um, who does improv comedy on the show. He does all kinds of different character voices and everything, and um, it just cracks me up. I don't I, I don't know how his brain can work as quickly as it does, but yeah. it works, and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. And uh, inside the, the podcast feed, they just recently started a kind of a, a, behind, the seeds, a behind the scenes podcast that um, explores, um, well, the goings-on behind the show and how things get put together That's as well cool. as... Yeah. yeah, and and it explores the, the history. I mean, they've been around as a radio show for like 27 years, I think. Oh, cool. So it's, there's a lot of history associated with it. But Like uh, with uh, yeah. different hosts and stuff? Um, no, the, the same host, but uh, some of the uh, on-air talent that worked with them, hmm. different producers and different um, comedians and whatnot. Were, like Jimmy Kimmel used to be on that show. Adam Carolla used to be on that show. Okay. Uh, Carson Daly all kinds of different people so yeah yeah so no it's like kevin and bean but like you know you have like a show that's kind of long running that just like change out the hosts and stuff but like right. it's essentially the same thing but mm-hmm. uh, man that's impressive yeah it's yeah. definitely definitely and it's uh, it comes out daily so you yeah. know check out a, wow. a episode and that's see cool. if it works for you right on um yeah i had another one i was going to talk about but i actually would rather talk about uh ralph garman you made me think i first found him through um Hollywood Babylon with uh, Smodcast, because you and I used to be really yeah. into Smodcast a lot. Uh, do you still listen to any of those? Uh, I listen to Hollywood Babylon uh, and Fat Man on Batman. Those are okay. the, the only two. I can't keep up with everything else. It's, it's funny. Like much. I used to listen to a bunch of his different ones, and then he started making more and more and more, and he even said that people were like complaining, and they were like, there's too much, and he's like, F you. I'm not putting out too much. <laughs> listen to more if you want to or not. I don't care, whatever, but... It really, uh, it got to, to, to be too much for me. I used to listen to, like, it's, I started with, like, one, and I got to two and three and four, and then, like, he had, like, 16, and I was like, I can't do any of them anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I liked uh, all the Smodcast ones for a long time, um, and Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman, I never knew him before that at all, but he's super funny. Yeah. He does great voices, and uh, their banter <laughs> back and forth is really great, too, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of an old favorite of mine, but I still like the Smodcast brand overall. I still like, and there's some episodes I'd like to go back and listen to, or like some podcasts I might get back into eventually. Yeah. After I saw the movie Tusk, finally, I went back and listened to the episode where they kind of broke that story. Oh yeah. It was an episode of Smodcast and, uh, it's, it's so bizarre that that's how that movie idea came 
yeah, I think came to I, fruition, you know? I think I listened to that after the movie came out. Yeah, I think I found it again. I don't remember listening to it like before, but uh, yeah, it's so funny that he actually made a movie after that, like after this, this <laughs> random <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and it's such a weird movie. It is. Oh, my it God. Uh, all right, so uh, instead of that, I'll just kind of move on to uh, some film that we had. Okay. Uh, sure. So my first favorite is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, so this movie is interesting to me because when I first saw it as a kid, like my dad used to watch it and I would be around. Um, I loved Spielberg as a, like a lot of his movies when I was a kid. I loved Hook and I loved Jurassic Park and stuff like that. But this is one that I just, I thought was so boring as a kid. Like I didn't get it. And it's because it's made for adults, really. I mean, um, it's an, like an adult's journey, but it's a movie that uh, when I rewatched as an adult, I got super into and there are like multiple versions of like director's cuts and ultimate cuts and stuff that I kind of want to explore more eventually. But um, even the, the regular cut that I'm used to, um, I think which is just the theatrical one, it's just um, the effects and the idea and the story are just mind-blowing to me. All of it is just so special and magical. So Spielberg, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, as a kid, I didn't really care for it. And I, uh, if, if you did as a kid, give it a shot again. If you if you haven't in a long time, give it a shot again. It's it's an amazing movie. And I'll, I'll probably actually watch it again soon, just talking about right. it. So. <laughs> Get, kind of gets you in that mood. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, so a little too long. It's been a while. Um, so. <laughs> Why does it keep coming up? <laughs> so I, uh, I remember watching like a portion of that as a child, and I thought it was a little bit boring as well. So I'd definitely be interested going back yeah. and watching it as an adult to kind of see what it is. Because I, I barely even know what the, the story is about. Oh, yeah. Um, so and just to kind of have it unfold in front of me would, yeah, would be a good experience. Yeah, don't look it up. Yeah, it'd be cool to yeah, watch no. it unfold. We talked about that same thing with Jaws. Um, yeah, I think you had yeah. started it one day. I kind of started it, but we, we were like, we really want to rewatch that. Because yeah. um, it was uh, also like kind of the same thing. It's just such a good movie, but uh, it's kind of, if you haven't seen it in a little bit, then right. it's uh, kind of good to revisit. A little bit. Nope, no, no. <laughs> Try to avoid it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right. So my first movie is going to be uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, which we spoke about yeah. in our first episode. So I won't drag on too long here. But um, uh, it, essentially, it was a fun story. I thought it had a great villain and as yeah. a, uh, Michael Keaton as the vulture. Um, yeah, he and was great. I love, yeah, I love seeing Spidey finally handled right. Um, yeah. And there being like plenty of humor throughout because that's how I know him from from the comics, and I am greatly looking forward to his role in the Infinity War films and oh, yeah. beyond. So I'm, I'm very excited for that whole, <laughs> yeah. that whole thing. Spider-Man: Homecoming was really good. Uh, I mean, I can see that being on your list mainly because you're just such a huge fan of it, and yeah, just being it handled, it, it's handled right first uh, for the first time. You know, like it feels mm-hmm. kind of like the comic or not the comic. It feels like the cartoon to me. Come to to live action like uh, right, they get a yeah. lot of those quips and the funness of it and everything and the, the actual like teenager parker yes um, yeah. is a really you know breath of fresh air from the other movies and stuff yeah especially compared to all of the other superheroes in the mcu being yes adults you know so it's a nice contrast yeah, yeah that's a good one um so the next one i have i'm super pumped about because I'm actually going to see it tonight with the stars in oh, attendance. Nice. So the Monster <laughs> Squad from 1987. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> now, the Monster Squad is a movie that I watched so much as a kid. I love this movie so much. Um, I've actually seen this. Uh, it's going to be on tonight at the Alamo Drafthouse um, here in Houston, but they're doing like a whole tour. It's uh, Alamo Drafthouse's 20-year anniversary. It's Monster Squad's 30th year anniversary, so they're going on tour, bringing along some of the different uh, stars from the movie. There's three coming tonight. 
I've actually been a, like a year ago or two um, to Alamo Drafthouse to watch this with one of the stars in attendance, and he did a Q&A. And uh, so this is my second time going with my good friends here in Houston, uh, Darren. And uh, so I, I'm super pumped. I'm going in a few hours after we record this uh, on Sunday night. So uh, super looking forward to that. But it's just a really good movie. It's about like a bunch of kids um, being 80s kids, being able to cuss and fight monsters <laughs> that are like Dracula and all these different monsters are attacking their town and they're the only ones that believe it. So they're the ones that have to fight and it's eighties epic, spectacular amazingness. So that movie still holds up for you. After uh, all these years? I'd say a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's one that we definitely need to revisit yeah. for the show. Oh yeah. No, I will definitely talk at length about that another time because it's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm really pumped to see it, as you can tell. <laughs> awesome. Um, so my next movie is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It was my number one favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie until Homecoming came out. Yep. But um, the whole movie from start to finish was just perfect to me. Um, it was the first movie where I felt they really got Cap right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked what they did in the first Avenger and then the first Avengers movie. Boy, that's yeah. confusing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I felt like the the action and um, the kind of thriller uh, type of uh, plot line mm-hmm. was really solidified here in, um, in The Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, so great action, Cap's fighting style. Uh, it actually seemed like when he punched or kicked someone, it was a massive, like, blow yeah. to them. Um, and uh, like I said, I love the espionage and, and thriller feel of mm-hmm. it. Um, I thought the paranoia, paranoia that came from Hydra, like who's part of Hydra, who's not. Um, you kind of see the characters try to figure it out, and you as the audience figures it out as well, kind of alongside them. Um, yeah, it's cool. You never know who who is kind of a a, a bastard. You yeah. know, um, <clears throat> kind of reminds me of today um <laughs> robert robert redford without getting too spoilery is great in this oh, film yeah, he's fantastic um there's a lot that he he does with it without being like overly um comic booky yeah which i know like some some people well, he, tend he to elevates do. it yeah yes yeah definitely just his stature as an actor and everything so yeah yeah and, and you know if this was like 30 or 40 years ago, he would have been Captain America. Oh, God, that's a cool thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Redford uh, is Captain America, the first I, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Um, and uh, one of my favorite uh, things is that uh, we get to see Anthony Mackie as Falcon. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I love Anthony Mackie as an actor. Um, I first saw him in 8 Mile as Papa Doc. Oh, wow, that's funny. Um, so um, seeing him go from being the losing side of Eminem's rap battle to a superhero... <laughs> Um, is is uh, pretty damn cool, and yeah. plus we get to see uh, Bucky come back in this movie, so yeah. um, and see how his story plays out in this, and then on into Civil War. But yeah, uh, yeah so uh, I'm sorry, uh, Winter Soldier is definitely up there with one of my favorite films yeah. of all time. No, and it's super good. Uh, two things with that, I've always compared it to like a '70s thriller. Like there's a Robert Redford movie called Three Three Days of the Condor. Um, oh, yeah. That just feels kind of like the that side of it where it's like the espionage side and it's um, it just feels really cool with that. But then you have the all the action obviously in Captain America, uh, right. that that's really kinetic and really cool uh, as well. But um, also that movie I thought was so unique because um, again not to get into too many spoilers, I was surprised that instead of being like an offshoot of Captain America doing his own thing away from the Avengers, it actually has like major repercussions in the rest of the MCU. 
And I right. thought that was really cool. It wasn't just like another Avengers movie. They didn't just have to go that route. Kind of like Captain America 3 with Civil War. Obviously, it's like, that's almost like Avengers 3, you know, like that movie yeah. is. Um, and I like that this kind of started that, that that his storyline is is almost like a second set of, like, the size of scope of the Avengers movies. Uh, right. Of, like, what they yeah. can entail, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Good, good call. Um, Thank you. So my next one is a movie called The Way, Way Back. And uh, it's a movie that I watched a few years ago randomly on a rainy afternoon. And then Amanda was taking a nap, my wife. And as soon as she woke up, I made her watch it all over again with me. Um, <laughs> something about it just stuck with me. I really like coming of age stories, uh, just like the Monster Squad is with these you know little teenagers and stuff. This one's about a kid who's um, he's with his mom going on vacation with her his, his mom's boyfriend and her uh, and his daughter. And it's kind of like a, him trying to figure life out, figure things out. And Steve Carell plays the stepdad. And Steve Carell is usually so funny, but he plays a major jackass. And he's so good at it that it's crazy. And you realize <laughs> that Steve Carell is really just a good actor. Right. Um, but the whole movie, just something about it struck me. It's by the same guys that wrote um, The Descendants. I was trying to think of that. The Descendants with mm-hmm. uh, George Clooney a few years ago. They won the um, Oscar for Best uh, Original Screenplay for that. And they wrote and directed this movie together, this, this writing partner. And, oh, uh, uh, Nat, Nat Faxon yeah. and Jim Rash, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I can't remember the names. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to follow anything they're making pretty much because I love The Descendants as well. And then this one kind of had that. They just both, both had this amazing uh, emotional quality that something attaches to me that I just, I don't know, something about it. Just, the writing is just perfect. The stories are just perfect. And uh, so this one, uh, I, I actually gave like a 10 out of 10 and I reviewed it and I watch it all the time. It's just a movie I can watch to feel better or, you know, just something to put on the background. It's, it's one of my go-tos kind of lately. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I've never seen it. Um, I've heard nothing oh, but man, good yeah. things. Um, so, uh, coming from you, that is, uh, saying a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely want to check it out. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let's cancel our plans. <laughs> Fuck it. We're watching the movie. <laughs> we got to do that tonight. <laughs> it's got, um, I'm trying to think of his name, but I can't, but Hammer from Iron Man 2, uh, Justin Hammer. Uh, oh, uh, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam, I love God. Sam Rockwell so much and everything he's in. Me too. He's in this too. Um, he's kind of like the kid's mentor. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you, if you like Sam Rockwell as well, this is definitely one of his best pieces, I think. But uh, yeah, super good movie. You should definitely check out. Sam Rockwell was also in the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Hell so. yes. He, <laughs> yeah. he was giving them cigarettes and stuff. That's right. Right? Regular or mental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that one day, like a few years ago, and I rewatched that movie and being like, oh my God, uh, that's Sam Rockwell, right? Like, he's just like hanging yeah. out in this one scene or like a few scenes. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. I like to consider it an unofficial prequel to Iron Man. Oh, that's a good, the, yeah, trajectory. You. Started yeah. out as like a rough kid in the foot, yeah. all the way up to uh, Tony's quote unquote arch rival because he's not really yeah. but uh, he he did well for himself but like he's still kind of a shithead. Yeah. Oh yeah, so there yeah. you go. That makes total sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's all it's all connected. <laughs> um so speaking of the way way back, let's go way way back to March of twenty sixteen. Um oh, wow. a movie called Zootopia comes <laughs> out and it about blows my mind. Um it's to me it's Disney at its best with anthropomorphized animals. Um, so <laughs> Which you do love. That, oh my God, I love it yeah. so much. I love it way better than actual humans. <laughs> um, so yeah, give me an animal in pants that can speak and we're good. Yep. Um, I, I love the character designs. Um, they're 
so kinetic. Even if you have a frozen frame from that movie, it looks like the characters are moving somehow, yeah. you know? Um, and I wish I could draw like that. That would be like my ideal drawing style if I could do that. Oh, yeah, right on. I think Jennifer Goodwin is adorable in this. Like, Judy Hopps is one of my all-time favorite film characters. Uh-huh. Um, and Jason Bateman uh, is, uh, is is great in this. And I think a lot of it has to do with the animators capturing a lot of his mannerisms. Yeah. Uh, there are certain things that he says or certain gestures that um, his character Nick Wilde does that... I can see him doing in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just loved every every second those two characters yeah. are on screen. Um, and at times, the, the movie itself is very dark, um, which is sometimes maybe upsetting for some children, mm. from what I understand. But I think overall, the movie has a lot of, um, a lot of hope to it and a lot of heart. Um, and one of the, the things that I liked about it was that um, a, a lot of the, the plot points involve kind of a, a metaphor for racism or discrimination yep. between predators and prey and and um, between different species of animals and whatnot. So it's something that's addressed, and maybe a selection of Americans should go back and watch this movie, <laughs> take it in a little bit, and, uh, <laughs> and see what, uh, what they think of it. Yep. Um, uh, when I was looking this up, I noticed that the, the final movie that we got was not what the original story was, and I always like mm. to see stuff like that. Yeah, that's always um, awesome. it, it was originally written as a spy film set in the 60s, um, and it was starring a, a rabbit lead, but it was a male rabbit lead. Huh. Um, but it was eventually rewritten when it would, turned out that the most delightful part of the story was the animal city in the first huh. act. So that's hilarious. really they just scrapped like the, the bulk of it and huh. just kind of rewrote it and well, it, it, it turned turned out so good. I'm uh, yeah, that actually sounds way like the movie that came out sounds way better to me than that. Like I feel like we already got sort of the the Incredibles. We get that feeling of like a mm-hmm. spies in the '60s, like that kind of feeling at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I didn't really need that. I thought this is like a good way, and the city itself is the most intriguing part of that. Just seeing how it <laughs> yeah. like interacts with everybody and everything. Yeah, how all the different climates are yeah. kind of butted up to each other. Oh yeah, that part's yeah. so good. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch that again because we wa- we liked it, but we didn't love it. Um, as much as you guys did, or like most people did, but um, I feel like this one, if I watched it with you, I would probably be like, yeah, this movie's amazing, but I watched it for the first time with a lot of my family, and my nephew was kind of jumping around and stuff. He'd already seen it, and I was kind of distracted, oh, sure. but uh, like kids watching movies with me, I'm like, get out of here. I'm watching a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of watching cartoons, um, jumping over to films, I'm not films. Jumping over to television, uh-huh. uh, my first favorite show is Darkwing Duck, oh, yeah, which right is on. also a Disney product, and um, I, I liked it for somewhat similar reasons. Obviously, it's a talking duck, um, yep. which <laughs> is right in my wheelhouse. Sensing but, a trend. Um, yeah, he actually is a superhero, um, and uh, it was one of the first superheroes that I, I really got into way before anything from Marvel or DC. Um yeah. Darkwing Duck, along with the Ninja Turtles, were they, that was it for me. Like back in the day, yeah. Um, and the the show only ran from 1991 to 1992, but it seems oh, so wow. much longer back in the day. Crazy, um, because I think they just when they gave somebody the green light, they were like, "Okay, give us 378 episodes." You know, <laughs> okay. Let these stupid kids watch this stuff. That's amazing. Um, but uh, with Darkwing Duck, I retain almost a complete knowledge of the show from when I watched it. I don't know why. Oh, wow. I don't know anything about real life, really, but uh, I do, <laughs> I do retain all that knowledge. knowledge. Hell yeah. Let's talk about Bushroot, baby. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and I, one of the things I liked about the show was that it was family focused. It was uh, Drake Mallard was a superhero, but also he adopted a daughter. Um, so he he had something going on in his his crime fighting career, but also he had to mm-hmm. make sure his daughter got to school on time and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and uh, Launchpad from DuckTales was on the show as well. So, you know, if you were a fan of DuckTales, it was easy for you to slide right over to, uh, to, uh, to St. Kennard. Um, awesome. Jim Cummings uh, Jim Cummings is one of my favorite voice actors of all time, primarily because of Darkwing Duck. Um, anytime I hear his voice in animation, it, I always perk up a little bit because I just think he has a cool, uh, a cool sound to his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a few years back, there were some comics published that kind of picked up from where the the series led off, and I'm sorry, from where the series left off, yeah. and um, I devoured each one of those as they came out as well, and I've got them in multiple formats. So you know, <laughs> of course, give give me more Darkwing. I'd I'd love to uh, to read that. Oh, and and uh, the most recent run of Darkwing comics was actually lettered by David Hopkins, who follows us on Twitter. Oh wow, um, that's cool. And allegedly. Darkwing Duck is scheduled to appear in the DuckTales reboot yeah. later this year, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I need to catch that uh, still. They have that first episode online for free, which I, I might even have that mm-hmm. channel, I'm not sure. I don't. I just got cable again, but but anyway, yeah. I need to catch it again because uh, it looks really good, and people will see me flipping out about it, so I know you oh, kind my God, of are. Oh, my God, so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you already finish it? Or is it Hell out? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. My bad, uh... I didn't realize. That was one of your binge-watching <laughs> ones, right? You had to binge-watch Yes. It? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's uh, it's just uh, the first two episodes that are that aired together. So it's oh, like okay. 44 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But, okay, yeah, yeah. It's on so YouTube, it's... actually. So if you yeah, need yeah. to watch it there. I need to watch yeah. it, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so uh, my first show is Veronica Mars, which I talked about last time in the Stuff I Like uh, section. And we finally finished the first season again, and we're on the second season. And we're actually getting close to finishing the second season again. But uh, that show, I you know, I talked about last time a little bit, but... Um, just like a teenage private eye, it's really good. Uh, Kristen Bell's on it, and she's always good. It's the first time I ever saw her in anything, and she's just spunky and fantastic on that show. Uh, she's so tiny and feisty, like like your wife, uh, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you wouldn't want to mess with her, basically, you know? No, definitely uh, not. But, uh, yeah, so I really like that, but, uh, you know, I talked about it last time, so I'll leave it at that. Check it out. Obviously, I, I kind of like that show a little bit. Oh man, it's such a good show. Even, yeah. And even the movie that comes after that third yeah. season is good. It ties up some stuff. So yeah, um, it'd be I'm great excited if they to watch some more. Yeah, I'm excited to watch the movie again. And then they released a few books afterwards, and I've read. So I'll probably read those again coming up soon. Um, yeah, the more they can give me, the the more I'd like. Just like with Darkwing Duck for you. Uh, just keep them coming. Whatever, <laughs> whatever format, I'm, I'm down to read it. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so we talked about Darkwing Duck. We talked about Veronica Mars. Let's keep the crime fighting going awesome. and talk about The Flash. Um, the Flash is my favorite DC superhero. Um, so when I heard they were going to make a show with him in it, I was super excited. Um, I didn't watch Arrow, which is, this is kind of a, a spinoff of, but um, I, I picked it up with the actual Flash TV series, and I'm super into it. Um, it's on break right now, but it comes back here in a couple of months. Um, it's certainly the most superhero-y show yet. There's... Yeah. All kinds of like costume characters. There's crazy names like Captain Cold and Weather Wizard, um, but all all of it works together. Um, yeah. And it's it's a little bit cheesy, but you get used to it. And you kind of just go with it and accept that's the reality you're kind of working within. Yeah. Um, Grant Gustin as Barry Allen, who is the Flash, 
is super charming. Um, every time he's on screen, he's either doing something that's that's um, compelling, like you know, action or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes he's he's kind of the the funny guy. Sometimes he's um, super serious. He had some um, some issues with his family in the past, mm-hmm. and when it focuses on that, um, he you can really see like the range. Of, yeah. of acting that Grant can can pull off. Um, the, it's a show that deals with alternate realities and tri- uh, time travel, but it isn't confusing. Like, they really kind of help you kind of walk through it. Cool. Because sometimes there are alternate versions of characters that show up <laughs> and, and all of the stuff, but uh, they, they make sure that you kind of know kind of what the story is as, as you're going through it. Um, there was a... <laughs> a video on YouTube of Kevin Smith watching the finale from the first season. Maybe it wasn't the finale, but, but late in the season. Uh-huh. And he was crying as he was watching it. Um, so it's, it's something that uh, that he came to late, but he got super that's into funny. it. So much so that he's directed episodes. Yeah, I thought so. It. He's done some yeah. Supergirl as well, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, those wait, two. he hasn't done some Supergirl. He has uh, uh, directed some episodes of Supergirl as well. Correct. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> But yeah, cool. um, but yeah, so so he's super into it. And one of the things I like about the show is that um, in the comics, Barry eventually has his mantle passed down to Wally West, and um, which is kind of a, a sidekick type character. And it seems like that's kind of the direction the TV show is going. Yeah, but cool. sometimes they they zig where the comics have zagged. So who knows how it's, it's going to end up? Yeah. But uh, every time it comes out, I have to watch it immediately. So yeah, awesome. definitely check out. Check out the Flash. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I still haven't checked that out, but uh, you talk about it so highly, so I might have to look for it. The the other DC ones didn't look too appealing to me. Like I think I tried like an episode of Arrow, and it didn't really strike me. And um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Supergirl, um, I never really picked up. I used to like actually the Supergirl movie from the eighties. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've seen that, but uh, uh, I used to like that movie a lot. So who knows? But uh, with yeah. uh, was it Helen? I can't remember her name. Uh, Slater. Something Helen Slater. Slater, right? Yeah, Helen Slater. yeah. she was from. Yeah. Uh, the Legend of Billie Jean, which is an awesome 80s movie that I love so much. You ever heard of that before? No, no. Uh, it's like this movie with uh, Christian Slater, and she they play brother and sister, and they go on the run, and she becomes like this symbol of this like, defiance of the teenagers and stuff, and like it's, it's awesome. awesome. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I liked that <laughs> movie a lot, so I liked Supergirl a lot. But uh, going back to this, um, yeah, since you liked it so much, I might have to give that a shot for sure. Definitely. Uh, so my next show is Parks and Recreation, or Parks and Rec. Um, yeah. Amanda and I caught the show a few years in. Some friends recommended it, and uh, ever since then, like we've watched it so many times. Uh, I love this show so much. Um, Leslie Nope is one of my very favorite characters, played by Amy Poehler. I love Amy Poehler pretty much in anything. Whenever she and Tina Fey were on SNL together, that was awesome. And this just kind of like continues that same kind of comedy and everything, but you know, more of a character that she can play in and out. And so many good people from that show have become awesome. Uh, Audrey Plaza. Uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Aziz Ansari, Nick Offerman, they've all become huge stars, you know, kind of since that um, that show started. And it's just one of the shows, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. I watch it all the time. Uh, there's a book that Leslie writes in the in the show about their town, and they released it as a book, and I've bought it and read it cover to cover. So I'm a little <laughs> obsessed, uh, like my other things. But um, yeah, a show that I, I just revisit all the time. It's It's uh, I, I bought my brother and my wife uh, these mugs that said, be the Leslie Nope you want to see in the world. Something <laughs> like that. Or you, you know, it's, it's kind of like she, she's kind of like a, a rallying cry for um, 
progressive values and and kind of just being like a good person basically like right. if everybody in government were like her then we'd have an amazing government and amazing lives and she's so right. dedicated so i kind of like that as like I, i'm so into politics and it's kind of like the the funny side of that the uplifting side and stuff so right and the local side of it as and well. And the local side, yeah, which is also really fun. I mean, honestly, right. from that show, I've, I've legit looked into parks and recreation jobs at places. I know it won't be as much fun. I know they don't <laughs> actually work there. But I'm like, it inspires me a little bit. So it's kind of fun but inspiring at the same time for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. I, I watched the show um, but kind of got behind on it beginning with season three. Yeah. Uh, and I keep meaning to go back to it. But uh, it's definitely something that I want to be able to watch all the way through. So. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that. And I think it's all on Netflix anyway, so it shouldn't shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah. Um, all right, so for my final show, I'm going to go with Breaking Bad, which, oh, awesome. uh, which was a Vince Gilligan uh, series. and um, My second favorite Gilligan series. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, uh, Breaking Bad is a, a series that is, like, very um, dark and... Um, at times kind of hopeless, but also it's yeah. still, uh, there's still humor sprinkled throughout, uh, kind of like mm-hmm. my wife was talking uh, in the, the last episode, I believe. Um, it can be dark, but, you know, give me a little bit of humor to break it up a little bit, which is something that this series was really good at. Um, yeah. It's certainly the show with the most compelling cast yeah. uh, I've ever seen. Like, it will take the focus away from the, the main characters and move her move over to some side characters, but then they become super compelling. So when you go back to the main characters, you're like, no, 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 I, I want to know more about this side character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, this, this show uh, kind of, for me at least, put Brian Cranston on the map. Um, yeah. I know he'd been in, in things before. Um, he had voiced some characters on Power Rangers way back in the day. He's <laughs> on Malcolm in the Middle. Awesome. But um, for me, uh, the character I think of when I think Brian Cranston is Walter White. Um, and he, he's just such a, like, such an incredible actor that kind of the, the odd scenarios that come up in Breaking Bad, um, he's able to handle, um, without making it seem like too silly. Like in the first episode, you see him in his underwear. He seems kind of like a fuck up, but then by the end (laughs) of the series, he's like super threatening. And anytime he's on screen, you know that some shit's going to go down. It's so um, crazy to see the transformation that he goes through as a character. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so yeah. It's, I, I, I don't even know how they made that work, but they yeah. did. So uh, good on you, Vince Gilligan. Yeah, um, super compelling it, show. That's that's the main word I could say is compelling. Like, right. even, <laughs> even during the darkness, like, we couldn't we couldn't keep watching too many episodes while we were binge-watching it because it's so dark. Yeah. But it's like you can't do anything else during that time but keep watching that show. Right, yeah. So. Yeah, you get, you get so wrapped up in... Yeah, it. it's just uh, yeah, it's something that you have to know what happens next. Yeah, um, and the the series ending to me was one of the like one of the perfect endings to a TV show yeah. ever. Um, it's uh, obviously I don't want to get into spoilers, but um, if you've never seen Breaking Bad, certainly watch it. Watch it all the way through. Yeah, uh, make yourself sad. <laughs> and um, I recommend and after- watching a lot of Pixar in between. Kind of helps <laughs> yeah. perk you back up. Yeah. yeah, watch a couple of episodes. Watch Finding Nemo, yeah, and then, back then to get it. back into it. Um, but then uh, Vince Gilligan has a spinoff show called Better Call Saul that is somehow just as compelling. I don't know how he does That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, it. I still haven't caught that. I need to, to watch that. I hear such great things about it. Yes, yeah. Um, 
there's a, a lot of like humor in that show as well, but it's, it's also very serious yeah. and, um, just the, the way that he's able to kind of f- figure out how his elite character gets into these weird situations and it doesn't seem like there's any way for him to get out of it, but then he does. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's like the, the show isn't written. It's just like gifted to the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like he dreamed this. Like nobody right. could actually create this. It's that good. Right. Like he just he just transcribed it for the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump over from TV to talk about music cool. and bands or musical artists that we like. So, Stephen, you want to kick us off with yeah. this one? So, uh, I would say my favorite band is the Airborne Toxic Event. A lot of these lists, I will also say, is uh, are not in any order necessarily, but this is really my favorite band. So, mm-hmm. I found them a few years ago. Um, I actually think it was like ten years ago that their first single came out, two thousand seven. Um, and their first album, and I bought the album because I like the song so much. It's called Sometime Around Midnight, um, and I thought it was like a big single, and everybody knew that, even though I follow the band, and nobody seems to know them any time since, but um, when I bring it up, nobody knows them, so definitely check them out. They they are a rock band, but they play different instruments. They do like violin and organs and stuff. They, they switch instruments sometimes on stage. Their, um, their, their song lyrics are just so... They like strike me to my core there's something about them that like some of those songs uh say exactly what i would want to say or in a certain mood that i'm in and uh the song that i would actually recommend uh checking out though is a song called wishing well it was the first song that the um, lead singer and writer michael jolet had written and um, he used to be like an author and a writer for different magazines and stuff, but uh, this was his first major song that they, they wrote. And it's the, lyrically, it's just so uh, intriguing to me. And it's one of the first ones that I fell in love with. So uh, they have a few different albums out now, and they haven't released anything in a, in a little while, but I'm hoping something soon. I hope they go back on tour soon. So definitely check them out. Check out the song Wishing Well, and uh, check out the, uh, the, the hit single, quote unquote, uh, Sometime <laughs> Around Midnight. It's also really good. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I've I've heard you talk about them before, but I don't yeah. think I've ever actually heard them um, heard their actual music. So it's something I'm, I'm definitely interested yeah. in. I'll have to send you some uh, stuff. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, my first band I want to talk about is Linkin Park, which I spoke about um, a little bit in episode two. Um, the reason I like Linkin Park so much is because they are a a rock band that um, is very versatile and they can change up their sound um, from mm-hmm. like hard rock and alternative and punk to uh, more on the poppy side, especially with their most recent album. Um, but generally, I'm a just a big fan of Mike Shinoda, who is kind of the, the rapper guy, but he's also the principal songwriter mm-hmm. for Linkin Park. Um, he's written uh, a good chunk of their songs, plus he had his own solo project mm-hmm. in Fort Minor, oh, and cool. he's done uh, production for The Executioners, Lupe Fiasco, Buster Rhymes, Cypress Hill, etc. Um, so he's, he's really... Uh, prolific in, in what yeah, he does. Cool. Um, and he, he was actually tapped to help score the Raid Redemption. Uh, oh, nice. The, the movie. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I, I just essentially love everything Mike Shinoda does. Um, and uh, sadly, we lost Chester yeah. in uh, July of this year. Um, but after he passed away, um, kind of a unique situation, um, all seven of Linkin Park's albums their studio albums plus the 
collaboration album they did with Jay-Z, all of them landed back on the Billboard Top 200. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Which, which is insane. Um, so, you know, go out there, get yourself some Linkin Park. You can see, um, like, their scope for everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 everybody has an, an album. I know um, after Chester passed, uh, Joss Whedon tweeted that the album A Thousand Sons helped him get through a rough period huh, uh, in his nice. in his career. So, yeah, um, yeah everybody Interesting. has an album that spoke to them. Um, as for a song recommendation, I'd recommend a song off their new album uh, called Talking to Myself. music video was actually released the morning that they discovered uh, Chester oh, wow. had died um, and it's a it's a popular song but it's it's also a very good song and it's one of those earworm type songs where uh, after you hear it a couple of times you start humming it back to yeah. yourself and to me it seems like there's melodies in there where I can't believe nobody had thought of them before yeah you know, like it seems like something that's so obvious. Why wouldn't somebody sing a vocal this way? But uh, but yeah, definitely check out Talking to Myself from Linkin Park. Yeah, cool. I'll check that out myself, actually. Uh, so my next person is Casey Musgraves, who is a country singer. So uh, Brent is going to leave the room while I finish talking about this. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I actually found her because Amanda and I were going for uh, her birthday to see Katy Perry in concert and Casey Musgraves was supposed to open for her and we'd never heard of her and we found her. Um, she actually ended up not opening for her, but we liked her albums a lot, so we ended up buying them and stuff. But she's kind of like an old school throwback to country. I actually don't like most modern country. I, I grew up with like Garth Brooks and George Strait and I like that kind of stuff. Um, Casey Musgraves tours with like Willie Nelson and he's on a couple of her songs. So she's more of like a 60s or like really like kind of old school, like Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, that kind of stuff. So um, I like her sound because it's it's kind of poppy but country but different than what's on the radio today. And right. so the main song that I would say for her is uh, Late to the Party. Which is just a really like nice song. It's uh, Amanda and I, my wife and I, are, are late to a lot of things. So this song is about like a couple kind of being like, "Hey, we're late, but we're late together because who cares? We're the party, whatever." So <laughs> it's kind of like us. It's kind of our song. So um, if you like country music, um, check it out. If you don't like today's country music, still check it out because it doesn't sound that way. So I, w- I would actually be interested in uh, in listening to this. Um, I. I don't like country music, but I do give Johnny Cash a pass. Yeah, so so I like some yeah. of his stuff. So um, stuff like that. that. Cash like, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something I'd, uh, yeah. I'd be interested in. Yeah, right on. Um, so uh, my actual favorite band is uh, is Slipknot, oh, which is a kind of in the same uh, realm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, more old school country. Sure. Than yeah, modern. you'd say closer to old school country. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are they are a straight up metal band. It's just nine masked dudes from Iowa. Making super brutal music. They are from Iowa. Uh, Iowa, yep. Do they yep. hide that secret? I've never heard that. That's no. They actually their second album is named Iowa. So ev- wow. Yeah, ev- everybody fucking knows. Iowa pride. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> 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 there wasn't anything else to do but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but make, there you go. make metal. So, uh, but uh, Slipknot is one of the 
uh, one of the like biggest bands on the planet, and they put on incredible live shows. Um, they're just so energetic, and uh, way back in the day, they would actually injure themselves from just rocking out so hard. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, DJ Sid Wilson from the band um, actually inspired me to get turntables, so I was a turntablist in oh, bands awesome. for, for several years. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it, it, Slipknot as a whole is a, a huge inspiration for me. And, um, the next album from them is rumored to be a double album. So I'm, I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that, but it's probably a, a couple years out, but, uh, but still I am uh, certainly looking forward to that. As for a song recommendation for Slipknot, I'm, uh, going to say, check out Wait and Bleed. It's off their first album is, I believe the first single off their first album. It's just like two and a half minutes long. It's a good snapshot of what the band is and um, kind of the the um, overall feel for the rest of their album. If you've never heard a metal band before, um, this one may not convert you, but uh, uh, it's definitely something that's, uh, that's interesting. So uh, check it out if you feel like it. And then um, one other band I wanted to talk about is Killswitch Engage, which is uh, a, uh, a favorite band of mine, obviously, because that's what we're talking about. Um, and uh, they're a five-piece band from Massachusetts, and um, they make incredibly heavy music, but it's still full of melody, um, not just the vocals, but the guitar work as well. Um, if you took the vocals out of it, you could still hum along with some of the guitar parts. Um, and lyrically, they're full of hope and optimism. And um, Killswitch Engage is a good example of screaming in a band, but it's not because of rage or hatred or anything like that. It's, it's typically related to being passionate about something. Um, I'm, so, I, I heard that all uh, screaming and metal was from the devil. Is that... Well, yeah, I mean, he, he co-produces each album, each oh, metal okay, album. But it's still about uh, hope and, okay. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. When Ozzy summoned him back in the day, yeah. he just stuck around. He's like, I'll take care of this. I mean, honestly, um, I would say, like, I'm not a big metal fan, but uh, in general, I did kind of think that that was the case. Not like devil, but, mm-hmm. you know, that it's kind of like rage or, or whatever, but right. it's kind of cool to hear. I didn't really know that um, Killswitch Engage specifically, you know, mm-hmm. was kind of about hope and stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, um, and... Uh, there are some metal bands that are that talk about like guts and gore and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but uh, not not every metal band is that way. And and um, with with Killswitch, they uh, they've had some some drama around their their lead vocalist, where he was on the first two albums and then he left. They brought in a new vocalist, Howard Jones, who is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Um, he was on or with the band for three albums. He left. Then they had to re-audition people, or audition people for... Like, to replace him. To be a, a replacement yeah. singer. And the original singer re-auditioned, <laughs> and he rejoined the band, so... Was he like, uh, hey guys, I'm going to sing some of our old stuff? Maybe some new stuff? Maybe some new <laughs> well, tunes? Well, they actually had to have him uh, sing some newer stuff, oh, which weird. he said was difficult for him to sing because he couldn't get in that headspace, but he, he eventually found a way huh. around it, and he made those songs his own, but... Um, Killswitch is a, a band where if somebody's never heard metal before, they're the most likely, or the band I'm most likely to recommend. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. And for a recommendation, I'm going to recommend the song Hate by Design. Hate, hate by design. 
which is off of their newest album, but it deals with um, racism and discrimination and how we should learn to overlook that and kind of come together to kind of not really celebrate those different differences, but acknowledge that they're there, yeah. but it's not something that's to be taken negatively. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Right on. Uh, so our next topic is comics. And okay. <laughs> you seem so excited. Why don't you start us off? I've got a, a couple of things that I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> we'll start with, with Ultimate Spider-Man, which uh, was a series that ran from Marvel from 2000 to 2011. And uh, the primary creators for that were uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley, the, the writer and artist. Cool. Um, there's some other artists that came in later, but uh, those two worked on the book for 110 issues, wow. like 110 and a half, really. But um, they actually broke the record for a continuous creative team oh, awesome. on a Marvel property. So um, that was pretty cool to see. Um, but Ultimate Spider-Man is a modern retelling of the Spider-Man mythos. Mm-hmm. And there is plenty of, like, Spider-Man action in it and, you know, battles and him fighting supervillains and whatnot. But um, what kind of sets the series apart for me is it's able to slow down and focus on Peter and um, just him as a person and his relationships with his his friends and family. And uh, that makes the the stories and the consequences uh, a lot uh, a lot more impactful. Sure. Um, no, and I like that kind of stuff too. It's kind of like in Spider-Man Homecoming, like some of my favorite stuff was the Peter stuff, not the Spider-Man stuff. Like right, both were yeah. great, but I, I like that grounded reality to kind of um, show you the, the real stakes and, and just like people instead of just, you know, someone fighting or jumping around or whatever, flying around. Right, right. And um, uh, eventually Peter, spoiler alert, Peter dies in the series. And, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then... It, uh, it leads to a character named Miles Morales taking up the mantle of Spider-Man for that, that continuity. Um, and eventually, Miles joins the main Marvel Universe, and it's a whole comic book thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, regardless of who's in the costume, the series had a lot of great characters and tons of heart, which is yeah, cool. always big for me. So uh, definitely something to check out. It's a, a very long series if you were going to read it from beginning to end, but it's definitely fulfilling yeah. fulfilling to, to go through all yeah, that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, so I don't, uh, I'll get into mine in a second, but uh, pretty much every comic book that I've ever read, you have given me uh, yep. because I don't really seek them out, but I like to read different things and you kind of got me into the whole world. So um, I never really read anything like weekly like that or like or monthly. I'm not sure when they even come out. See, I'm that I'm that much of a noob. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like I don't read like issue to issue like series like that. I like more of like the real like graphic novels. So um, so right. mine the first one that you I think lent to me at all that I remember was uh, Why the Last Man, and it's actually been a few years since I read it, but um, I really liked it a lot. It was it was like a self contained contained story. It's like only like 13 or so issues. I feel like it was pretty short. So uh, coming into comic books, it was like easy to get into, but um, mm-hmm. the idea, the story was kind of like sci-fi, which I love, and uh, the characters were really interesting, and the whole premise. So the premise is basically like every, I guess like every man, everybody with a Y chromosome dies except for this one guy, and he, uh, so he's living in this world of like women, and they're trying to figure the science of that out, and like what happened, but also like how do we procreate, how do we move on as a society, and everything. Um, he has a monkey named Ampersand, so that's awesome. Yep. Uh, 
But yeah, so I, I still recommend it. I, I, I wouldn't say it's it's only one of my favorites, but I don't read a whole lot of comics. So <laughs> it's only up there, but I don't really have much to compare it to. But I really liked it a whole lot. And uh, it seems to be one that people that don't read comics do gravitate towards or that they get recommended by their comic book friends, kind of like you did for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that um, even people who read comics, they point to Why the Last Man as being one of the, the best series okay, cool. yeah. ever. Um, uh, several man, it might have been a, a year or two back, um, Hideous Energy did a book club on it, and they went through the whole series oh, awesome. and, uh, and revisited it. So um, it's definitely one to check out for yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, my next series is New Avengers, which was from 2005 to 2012. And again, this is Brian Michael Bendis and a horde of Marvel's like top artists on there. Um, they would kind of rotate in and out on arcs. Um, but essentially, it's after the Avengers kind of disbanded they came back together and they were formed with captain america and iron man you know a couple of staples of the avengers but they also added spider-man and wolverine to the team what um that sounds awesome (laughs) 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 which is essentially like the the justice league of you know marvel characters you know just take all your most popular characters (laughs) and uh, put them together um and then also they added luke cage to the team which until a couple of years ago people had never heard of luke cage Um, and they added Spider-Woman, and they just oh, kind of nice. brought some of these these characters from from the, you know, maybe C or D list yep. up to the, the premiere team in the uh, Marvel Cinematic, or, sorry, the Marvel Universe. Yep. Um, but uh, Bendis' run on New Avengers is what really kind of put the Avengers back on the map. Oh, cool. And even for the, the movies, it's people weren't generally excited for Avengers until New Avengers came out, and then several years later... Yeah. Iron Man kicked off the MCU and, and whatnot, so... Um, That's awesome. That kind of seeded that. Um, uh, also, there were... Because the series was written the way it was, Bendis was allowed to plant seeds for stories that would pay off, like, two or three years in the future, mm-hmm. um, which is, is pretty cool, because in comics, things change all the time, yeah. you know, with editorial, but uh, he, he really pulled it off there. And um, New Avengers is a great place to see characters owned by different film studios, come together. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to see how Wolverine would react with yeah. Captain America, you can see him in New Avengers. I mean, that sounds so, awesome. I can't even fathom yeah. that in the, like, the actual MCU right now, you know? Right. That'd be awesome, <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Where he's just like, oh, man, I can't imagine. It's so cool to think about like, those characters together, like in a, in a book, at least. Yes, yeah. You get that. Um, cool. So uh, my next one was another one that you also recommended to me, which was The Walking Dead, which is obviously a, a juggernaut of a TV series now and everything. And um, I don't know how many people have actually watched that series and then gone back to read the books. I'm not sure if that's like uh, given uh, a bigger audience, but I hope it has because I started mm-hmm. off with the books. I think you first gave me uh, like the first compendiums. It was like this big-ass book full of a bunch of different issues, and I just got to read it all, kind of like binge-watching. And I finished right. that, and then I got to on to the second compendium, and it was just awesome. And by the time the show started, I had, you know, I was pretty much far, far from that. And so um, I would watch it with some people and be like, "Well, this is different in the book." And then this is maybe I shouldn't say this because it's different because they might bring it up. And then they would in the show. But uh, if you like the show, I definitely check it out. I, I like the idea of of both the the comic book and the TV show that uh, the creator, if you will help me remember his name, um, I'm blanking on it. Robert right now. Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. That he had talked about yeah. like. If the whole world is changing into like a zombie wasteland, like these movies about zombies just end, but like that's not how it would be. Like, let's keep that going. Let's just see. Like, just let's just keep writing for forever, 
and eventually right. it might end. And I like the idea that it society would change, and it's kind of about people, not just zombies. But I'm a big zombie fan as well, so it has all the gore. And the book itself is just really well drawn to me. Um, I'm not, you know, that that much into comic books to know the difference, but the the stark contrast of just the black and white with like the red for the blood and stuff is just really cool for that series. It fits really well. So uh, definitely like that, and and I like the show a little bit. I we stopped watching it after like the third or fourth season, but I've heard it got really good again. So I might I might go back and check that out again too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we watched the uh, the show up until the last season or so. We made it about four episodes in, and then we were just kind of kind of fell off of yeah. it. But um, I can I still read the the comic oh, to cool. this day, and um, it's still just as good as it as it had oh, that's been awesome. so yeah it's been a while since so, yeah. i read it so i have a lot to catch it's up been again. a while <laughs> damn it <laughs> why has everything been a while with me <laughs> all right so um a story that will take you a while to read is a series called bone uh, which was uh from 1991 to 2004 created by jeff smith uh and he did all of it he wrote the story he drew it damn. and he lettered the the series as well he has so, a, a third uh, hand Yes. Wow. Yep. Yep. They all work together. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Lord of the Rings style epic uh, story, uh, but it's featuring Walter Kelly esque cartoon characters. I don't know if you've ever heard of the comic strip called Pogo. Um, it's kind of like some funny animal characters uh, or whatever. Um, but the 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 three main leads of the series are um, just kind of bright white little like cartoon characters, but they're in this like fantasy world of like. Fantasy, as in Lord of the Rings or Dungeons and Dragons, cool. that type of type of stuff, that type of aesthetic, yeah. um, is a super compelling story with um, action, adventure, fantasy, and you've also got uh, plenty of humor in there. It's it's a series that um, might be slightly scary for younger kids, but uh, not so much that it's going to give them nightmares or anything. It's just probably the the most um, most kind of uh, Probably the biggest thrill they'll, they'll have as, as children to a certain point. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, the series was actually cut into like chunks and re-released through Scholastic. So whenever you see a kid, you know, at a book fair, they're probably going to bring back a bone book with nice. them. Um, so it's 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 a, a fantastic series. That's I've got cool. it collected all in, in one volume. That sounds awesome. And uh, it's like fifty five issues altogether. So it's a a lot of reading, mm-hmm. but it's. It's so rewarding, you know, going through the whole thing. It's a, a lot of fun to read. Um, it, the series has won numerous awards. And um, the... All right, so I like to make comics. <laughs> so what I'm going to say may not reflect well with other people that are listening to this, but the lettering in the series Ooh. is my favorite lettering of all time. Like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> Steven, I, I got to show you. I got to show you this you lettering. Show me. I don't know the difference. David Hopkins, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. If I could letter this way, I'd, I'd be so happy, but um, it's just so good. And it's reported that Warner Brothers is working on a film trilogy oh, cool. of the series. So I mean, hopefully they can pull it off. It sounds ripe for that, yeah, for like a, yeah. a cinematic. Why stop at three? Let's do 12, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Expanded. But, it's an extended universe. Well, that sounds cool, though, yeah. That'd be it. Like, yeah. I really, I'm really into Lord of the Rings and fantasy stuff like that. Um, I love sci-fi, yeah. but I'm even more into that kind of stuff, I think. So uh, that sounds pretty rad to me, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend yeah. that to you, uh, to you specifically. Yeah. I think that was would be something you'd, right you'd uh, really dig. Um, but let me turn it around and ask the audience: What are your favorites? What, what's something that we missed? Um, is there a 
category that you want us to talk about, you know, if yep. so, let us know on Twitter at LTAS pod, you know, send us your questions, send us your list of what your favorites are. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be interested in yeah. that because I'm sure there's some stuff I'm, I'm just forgetting. No, and I'd love to so, hear from people and hear their favorites too. So, yeah. And I reserve the right to change my list at a certain, <laughs> at, a, at a later of point. Course. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, be sure to follow Stephen on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. And I think that is all that we had for this episode. So. All right. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. Let's Let's talk talk later. I like Lincoln Park. (laughs) That's a that's a dumb thing to say. (laughs) And moving on. (laughs) As for a song to be, uh, as for a song recommended, what the fuck? (laughs) Man, I'm just shitting shitting all over this one. So funny. Uh, and I've got these notes. You think I could just read read my notes hey, here? Right. But um, um, as for a song, no, <laughs> no. Wait, here we go. What are you wanting to say? Does it happen? Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's been a while since so, yeah. I read it, so I have a lot to catch up. It's been again. a while. <laughs> Damn it! Why has everything been a while with me? <laughs> this is a a good um, uh, kind of a, a good. <laughs> oh shit man okay I got That's it so funny and this is a good uh, no why did it go away <laughs> example that's the word I'm looking for example I had it and then I lost it again <laughs> oh, this is so much fun no oh, I'm sorry for all of this editing. no worries man we got lots of oh, outtakes man. now this is great oh it's just gonna be <laughs> gonna, meet, gonna be me for eight minutes have me laughing <laughs> That sounds awesome.